Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by investigative reporter Lauren Caruba and photojournalist Lisa Krantz. They join the show today to talk about their year-long reporting of a COVID-19 survivor. Welcome back to the show. How are you? How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. All right. Uh, this was an intense report. I um, I just got finished reading uh, reading through it right now. Lauren, do you want to tell us uh, like how you found this story and 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 just kind of like the basic overview of it? Yeah, so we actually first heard about Justin Vine um, through one of his friends who emailed the paper um, and the email chain got passed along to me. This was way back in July 2020 when San Antonio was undergoing its first major coronavirus surge. And um, his story was basically that he was 40 years old. Um, He's a pediatric nurse practitioner, um, and he had gotten severely ill with COVID-19, and it had also infected his whole family, his infant daughter, his wife, and his older teenage daughter. And it was not, things were not looking good at that point. He had been in the hospital for around 10 days at that point. And, um, you know, Lisa and I started um, talking with his wife, Anna Yuri, and um, we started visiting with her while he was still in the hospital. And we decided to follow his story long term because we really wanted to show that, you know, once you get out of the hospital with COVID, that's not it. You're not you're not all better. You have this long recovery, particularly if you've been in the ICU like he was for um, he, he was in the ICU for probably two months. He was in the hospital for three ultimately last year. And um, he was also an uninsured. Um, he was an uninsured patient and the cost of his medical medical care was almost $2 million. So he also had that kind of hanging over him as he was trying to get better. So we really just wanted to show what it's kind of like to come back from this terrible disease. And this is coming at a time you recently wrote an article about how the the city's just ending its like uh its covid-19 briefings it feels like feels like the world is kind of moving on in a lot of ways and that's why this story was so particularly like it brought you back down to reality at least me it did you know you, you see a lot of people without masks and then i go back and i read this and it's like wow like people are going to be suffering from covid for a real long time i i wanted to ask lisa um what was this like for you? Have you done anything like this where you've covered someone for so long? What was it like to have this, uh, Justin as a subject for, for so long? Yeah, it's really not that long for me. Actually. Um, I typically spend a year to even, um, up to four years as my longest story to spend with someone, um, that the express news has published. So for me, it takes that long to be able to really tell someone's story in as 
complete a way as we can when we're not part of the story, obviously. So for me, a year is like a really good amount of time, especially since he had many stages of his recovery that we were able to be there and witness. I think one of the things that was really interesting about Justin and his story when I sat down to write it, I just kind of realized how much his illness and recovery really mirrored the trajectory of the pandemic in the U.S. You know, he got sick um, during San Antonio's first surge in the summer. Um, He was recovering throughout the rest of 2020. Um, He went back to work in January when San Antonio was in its second surge, which was worse than the, when the first. And then he finally started getting his life back on track and getting back to starting to do normal things again in the spring as a lot of people are getting vaccinated and were returning to some of their normal routines. And now his older daughters have flown home and are, are, are here living in, in um, he actually moved to Cibolo, but um, they're living in the San Antonio area with him now. And so His story kind of is like the story of the pandemic in a lot of ways, because even as he was recovering, there were so many other people who were still getting sick and dying and trying to rebuild their families and do the same exact thing that he was doing. And so his story is kind of like a microcosm of the pandemic at large, I think. What were some of the and this is a question for both of you, um, uh, Lisa, you can go first. What, What were some of the difficulties in covering COVID, like covering his recovery, where there's some points where he just couldn't meet with him. You couldn't, uh, I'm assuming because he was in the hospital for 90 days, intubated for uh, 50 of those days, if I remember correctly. What were some of the challenges you guys came up with while, uh, came across while you were reporting? Well, the biggest issue was not having access to almost any medical facility. So I was, I actually found out about Justin's story a different way through um, a GoFundMe for him. And I think Lauren found out through this email um, at the same time. And then our editors talked and figured out we were both talking about the same person. And, but I had been trying to get hospital access for a you know, several different people that were recovering from COVID and I was not able to get any at all. And so that was the really the biggest obstacle. So we weren't allowed to be there partially because of COVID protocols, but also, you know, there's a lot of steps to being allowed to photograph in medical facilities for patient privacy issues. So that was the biggest issue. Otherwise, Justin was extremely open and um, would let me photograph and I believe let Lauren be around um, really anytime we asked. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of, you know, Justin and his family's openness to telling his story, that was obviously not the problem. Um, We were there for so many important moments. We were there when he was released from the hospital. We were waiting outside with his wife. We were there when he came home and saw his daughter for the first time since he had been hospitalized. We were there for the first time he went back to work in person when he, um, you know, went dancing again for the first time because he and his um, wife met. Um, through um, San Antonio's Latin dancing community. That was like not the issue, but just like Lisa said, you know, not having access to him in the hospital was unfortunate because he went through two weeks of inpatient rehabilitation. It would have been nice to be able to focus on that a little bit more to kind of 
show like how much you have to build back your strength. You know, when you're in the ICU, when you're in a coma for that long, you're, it only takes a couple of weeks for your, for you to lose a ton of your muscle mass. Um, and you become very, very weak. Um, and you have to build back your strength. Um, and he also had some nerve damage, um, on his hand and on his foot that made it more difficult for him to walk and use his hands. And so he had to recover from all of that. But, um, what we ended up doing ultimately, because we had told so many stories of patients in the hospital, um, throughout the pandemic, um, we decided to just kind of focus on the moment that he left the hospital and what life was like after that, because that's really what we wanted to get at is like, what is it like to recover from something like this? And as you said earlier, there's millions of people who have been hospitalized in the U.S. with COVID, um, including many like Justin, who were very, very severely ill and almost died. And they're going to be feeling and coping with the side effects and the lingering symptoms of that for a very long time, even as the threat of the virus um, continues to recede and people get vaccinated. How did you put together the story over such a long period of time? Do you just have like a folder on your computer with like pages and pages of notes? And I'll follow up with Lisa the same. I'm sure you, you took hundreds and hundreds of pictures. How do you my, one of my favorite ones, if I can just mention it right now, uh, is the one where he's at the pool and he's smiling and it's just, I don't know. I just love that, like that you can capture those things. So yeah, if you guys just talk about your processes and like, and, uh, yeah, just about your processes. Sure. So for me, um, I am an elaborate folder keeper. So I have folders for each of my projects. And one is like for audio files, one is for interview notes and transcripts, one's for observational notes. And for this story in particular, much of it relied on the observational notes that I was taking. And in some cases, I took short videos on my phone so that I could really faithfully reconstruct what was happening and including the dialogue. So, you know, people talking to each other and what they were saying and everything. But much of this story I relied on like my like direct observation of what was happening. That that was really helpful because I didn't have to like rely on other people's memories of what had happened. I was there. And so I could be very, very accurate and like reconstructing the scene for the reader and really immersing them in what was happening. And so for a story like this, really, even though it was over such a long period of time, there was, there was like Lisa said, there was really um, clear stages of his recovery and of, you know, his getting his life back on track. And so really each, each scene in the story um, draws from that and from moments where we were actually there with him. And so when I, sat down to write the pivotal moment was him coming home. And so I started there and then just kind of kept going um, chronologically. I didn't try to jump around in time too much because that, that can be confusing for people. Although I did also, you know, get a hold of some of the texts that his wife had sent him while she, while he was in the hospital, because I think that's another way that you can really show people and bring them into the story in a very intimate way. I just make folders um, like Lauren, but they just have photos in them. And I just download my cards when I get home, back them up in a couple different places. And I name them for whatever that was that day. So it might be Justin Vine comes home, Justin Vine uh, welcome home parade, uh, physical therapy and whatever 
I was there for that I can recognize the name for. And then I do a pre-edit and then I do a couple more layers of editing um, to get it down to a reasonable number to send the director of photography, Luis Rios, who does the editing. And then I turn them in. But yeah, it's all keeping them, try to keep them as organized as possible by folder. I'll add that um, I have started digitizing my reporter's notes. So the notes that I'm taking in a notebook, um, because I'm paranoid that they're going to get lost or something at some point. So I will, I've been scanning them in and then I have digital replicas of that in a folder um, for my projects as well, just to make sure, just in case anything were to happen to the physical notebooks. And just... Just one more question for Lisa, because I'm a super, I'm a, I'm a gearhead. Like, do you have any sort of like backup for all your, or archival system for yourself? I do. I put everything on an external hard drive, which I'll, you know, maybe name for the year. And I'm using four terabyte external hard drives right now. Um, And then, you know, of course they all have the names and the dates and then So that's what I have separately. And then I actually do have a server as well at home. I believe it's Synology and that has a bunch of drives in it. And I back everything up there too. Well, I really enjoyed reading your articles. I always love reading your articles, Lauren, and I love your photography, Lisa. Um, Thank you uh, you. so much for for, uh, joining the show. Okay. Thank you for having us. Thank you.